for today's podcast. Dr. Smith, back with us again today. And, you know, we do a lot of these podcasts, and from time to time we have a third person or a special guest, and we definitely have a special guest today. So I'm going to turn it over to you, David, and if you want to give us just a bit of background and then who you're going to be introducing. You bet. Thank you, Jason. This is an announcement that I've been waiting to do for quite some time. We are uh, very pleased that last night the board approved our new Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer, so we're going to introduce her to you in just a few moments, but I want to take the opportunity to really talk about the process. So it was a very lengthy process, starting from focus groups. We redesigned and redid uh, the job description, and then we did a very exhaustive search, over 60 applicants uh, advertised nationwide, um, and had a great pool of applicants. We had... Uh, two interview sessions that were, I think, pretty lengthy, and probably the second round was, I think, perhaps not the norm, but really did, I think, uh, provide an opportunity for the finalists to to shine, and I am so thrilled to introduce not only to the EVSC community, but to the Evansville community, uh, Rosen Hood. So she's coming to us from Denver, and uh, I think folks are going to fall in love with her. She's an incredible lady, uh, had so much experience and brings so much to the Evansville community. I can't wait until she gets started. Well, Welcome, Rosen. Thank you. Well, let's just start, okay. uh, Rosen, talking with you. And again, welcome. We're glad you joined us today. And welcome to the EVSC. Welcome to Evansville. Just tell us a little bit about your background experiences, if you would. Okay. So I am originally from Colorado and a graduate of Duke. And then I went to Arizona for a number of years and worked in secondary education at the site level um, as an administrator and then at the district level. And then worked actually at the State Department in Colorado. I went back as an Associate Commissioner of Strategic Partnerships and Innovation. And then I have been a um, Director of Operations at an Innovation Zone in Denver Public Schools the last couple of years. So education is absolutely who I am and but so many experiences within the world of education absolutely and leadership is where my heart is but in a place where I can impact not only every student but work with staff and site leaders to make sure everything we do is is submerged and well-versed and intentional in advancing experiences and opportunities for each learner you know I thought something interesting just as we've chatted a couple of times, and, and I know you visited some of our schools uh, quickly since you're new to the area, and I think I could almost see kind of that fire lighting just when you're talking about actually walking onto a school campus and talking to fellow educators. Absolutely. My heart is in the school and where our students and learners are every day and where we as a staff are changing lives and opening doors, and, the, and that is where my energy comes from. You, you know, campuses, the the organized chaos and the busyness and the energy and excitement that is part of, I believe, the daily experience in public education. And it should be. That's what we're here for. It, it has to be engaging. It has to be meaningful. It has to light that fire within for each learner. So that constant determination and dedication to discovering that for everyone is why I generate so much energy and why I love the school setting. My goal would be to spend most of my time on a campus and working with individuals in this role. I think I want to, before we even go further and talking about your role, 
What was it, Rosen, that really drew you to Evansville? Because, you know, you're somebody coming not only from out of our community, but from out of state. Dr. Smith talked about the fact that we've certainly sent this out and had national applicants as well. And so clearly, I assume you were looking around and, and had options. So what was it about Evansville and in particular the EVSC that made this an attractive position for you? So initially, I did look and apply nationwide and had opportunities nationwide. I actually was drawn to EVSC because of the foundational pieces of innovation and neuroscience. And I have not seen that. I work statewide and I work nationally when I was at Colorado Department of Education. And I have not seen um, people doing this type of work, this submerged. And what does it mean to look at the whole learner? What does it mean to really study human development? And then through that implementation, advance education and advance the scholar in each learner. And I have never been to Evansville until my visit. Uh, my parents are both from the Midwest, so I have been in the region, but I came sight unseen. I committed because of the people. I, I can't explain the interview process, which interviewing is always a little nerve-wracking, sure. but there was something about the faces on the screen in this environment we're living in and their obvious commitment to the work and their collaborative energy and really the humility. There wasn't a, a rank and file in terms of someone needs to know everything, but how can we learn and grow and be better? And I always want to be someone that looks at life through that same lens. I believe I have a, a great deal to offer and I have a great deal to learn. And so when we reflect that as leaders, then that is what we allow other people to be in the space they're in. And I was just really taken by that. And I did have some large city offer opportunities, but I committed before I even saw Evansville because of who the people were. And after visiting, I, I every day, every experience I've had confirms why I made that commitment. So I'm extremely excited. Well, we're glad you made that commitment. Yes, so thank you. We are. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I do want to hit just one more time, David, about when you talked about that extensive process of, for, for this type of work, which is not easy work. Um, I mean, there was so much intentionality and thoroughness in making sure we define the position correctly and then found the right fit. Absolutely. And that that is not a simple task, but it is one that is worthy of our best efforts. You know, it it would be simple uh, to fill a position, but that's not what we ever want to do. We want to make certain that we always continue to grow and get better. And that requires us to challenge ourselves, to challenge thinking that maybe brought us to where we are now, but we don't want to stay where we are now. We want to get better. I'm convinced that Rosen is going to help us grow, not only as an EVSC family, but as an Evansville community and uh, we've got a lot of work to do, but we've got the right people on the boat. Well, let, let's talk about some of the, the, the work that you're really getting to take on, Rosens. When we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, this is a million-dollar question, and we could talk about this for days. But what are some of the goals that you have as you start to really dig into this work? And I know it's not new for you. You've done this some throughout your career, but in a new spot here. Yeah, and I believe that the DEI work is a mentality and a heartbeat. And it's something that we have to ensure adults and staff understand and breathe and believe in and exude daily. It can't be a, sex, a session of professional development or summer training only. Those can highlight some of the specific um, indicators and strategies we want to implement, but it needs to be a shift 
and an acknowledgement of that shift and a, a really an internal demand for that shift in every single adult that works in our system, from our office teams to our bus drivers, all the way up to Dr. Smith. And so it is, it is incredibly heavy work. It is a gigantic lift and it is absolutely critical. It is the only way that we can redo and expand and increase opportunities for students. And I believe it's through opportunities, through access and exposure that we then open those doors for every single learner. Because how can you dream about what you've never experienced? And for so long, in education, we've had people fit in boxes and we decide who's honors or we decide who's college bound. And by those those life changing decisions, we do not then allow access for all students. And so by blowing open those doors and there's discomfort in this work and I, I'm fine with discomfort. I mean, I I think that's where you have true growth. Right. It's very easy to be stagnant and comfortable. It is through the discomfort and through tearing in the vineyard and through those struggles that we actually become who we're meant to be as thoughtful, intentional, expansive people. And there's so much to be learned when you work with people that do not think exactly like you think. And that's how you expand. But when we don't open those conversations and we don't point out from the significant changes we need to make to the everyday changes. And in my couple days, there's some low hanging fruit that we could change tomorrow and actually see differences in our on our campuses and in how we interact with students. But it's our approach. Do you truly believe every single learner can? I, I absolutely do. I believe every learner can not only learn and excel. I believe they can be successful in college. I believe they can be successful in life. You know, and it's not up to us to determine. We have to go in with that lens. And it's up to us. This We answered this calling. It's us, up to us to determine how that student gets there, how we take that student and empower him or her to be in that space, right? It's not up to a second grader to tell us necessarily what he or she needs. It's up to us to work with that student to open those doors and expand that pathway and make sure that journey is rigorous and challenging and successful and meaningful to him or her or them. And I am incredibly excited to work with this community. I love that the district is such a staple in the community and that that there's so many people in this district, I think more than I've ever seen, that are products of this dis of this corporation. And I think that is an incredible testament to the corporation. Yeah. And we need to highlight that. People come back and they dedicate their professional lives to EVSC says something about what the corporation did for them in their very formative years. Well, no, I think that's fascinating. Boy, I mean, Dr. Smith and I certainly both products of this school corporation and, and then have dedicated our careers to that. And what I hear you saying, Rosen, is it really, am I oversimplifying it when I say this really has to be embedded within a school district Absolutely. culture? No, it has to be. It has, it can't be a project. It can't be a painting. It can't be a class or a PD. It has to be in the mentality and in the activities that we do every day across the board, large and small. It has to be. And I'll tell you, one of the things that I was looking for was someone that had lived this throughout their life. And uh, in the interview process, clearly Rosen spoke to me about that. And I don't mean literally, but just in her experiences and how she presented the work that she'd done previously. And then when I called the reference checks and all that, everyone to a person said, this job is perfect for her because this is what she has done throughout her entire career. So when she was principal at a huge high school, uh, you know, just 
it is it is a mindset. It is a mentality. It cannot be siloed off as somebody else's work. It's all of our work. Mm-hmm. So she she has lived what we are going to experience. Well, and I think one of the interesting things, and I've heard you say this a few times now, is that you know sometimes conversations have to get a bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. to see change. And while I think to some people that that you might think, I, I don't know, that's almost scary. I almost see you as saying. I'm ready for those kind of conversations if we're going to make change happen. Oh, absolutely. They have been actually my life conversations even before I became, I'm a fourth generation public educator. And so these are conversations that have been in my house and in my home and in my everyday. My I don't really know another way of thinking in terms of the, um, not acceptance, the honoring of other people. The recognition that our experiences are not all the same and yours is valid as is mine. And how do we, through our conversations and through our combined experience and our differentiated experiences, make a broader landscape for everyone to operate within? And absolutely from I can remember as a I was a substitute, actually. Um, and then uh, I was a special ed um, a para because they didn't have an opening. I was at a brand new high school after I did my student teaching. He, he hid a position for me the rest of that year. But in all of those, all of those positions, regardless, there's just so much work you can do in this area when you truly believe in students and student outcomes. And I'm grateful. My parents have been tremendous mentors for me as educators, as were some of the people throughout my career that had the same, you know, it's in the core of who I am the the belief in inclusion and in equity. And I feel the the great part about EVSC is that we know that adults can grow as learners extensively. So my belief is it can be in everybody's core. Not a lot of people I didn't realize until I went to college grew up with that mentality, but I did. And so it was foreign to me at first. Like, well, what do you mean you don't see people and uniqueness and differences? But with the neuroscience piece and knowing and believing and expecting adults to grow and expand, we know that all people can adopt this, not as a, just something I want to do at work. How do we treat people? How do we interact with others, parents, community members, far beyond just who's sitting in front of us in the classroom with each other? Those are all key components of DEI work. It's how you see the world. What is your lens? How do you expand it? How do you continue to polish it and and see it in a way that brings meaning and gives value to other people? I think I hear. Oh, go ahead. Well, and in the in the process, one of the activities. I mean, not to give away uh, our, our processes here, but uh, an hour before the interview started, she was given uh, a data set and then had to disaggregate that through an analysis, and then we had a role play with a reluctant principal. Uh, a fictitious reluctant principal, (laughs) and then Rosen was playing the role of the chief DEI officer. And how do you have those difficult conversations? But the skill that Rosen displayed, while it, I would, I don't know if it was discomfort or if it was thought provoking, but presented and asked in such a way to where, yeah, you know, really all, you can't just say that all kids matter, that every child matters and still continue to have uh, certain behaviors or actions that have brought us to this point. If we want to get better and we truly do want to get better, not only as a district, but as a, a society, as a nation, then we have to go about our work differently and, and just a masterful way of 
of peeling back the onion, if you will, and and illuminating, wow, we can do things better. We can be better than we are now. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited for you to begin. Well, and it really makes sense, too, that if this type of work can be embedded and become part of the culture within schools that serve significant portions of the youth in a community, then I would assume you would see that change happening throughout Absolutely. the community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, I said, and I think I said at one point in one of my interviews, I think there's so much young people can teach even parents or, or sure. other generations through their approach, through their conversation, through how they see others. And right, we're living in a space, and we always have, but now it's been highlighted. All a student wants is to be seen. I'd like you to see me for me, honor me for my experiences, and we can grow from there. I don't want to be just like the person next to me. I'm not. My life hasn't been. My voice isn't. We shouldn't be expected to be, right? We, we're not about, we should be far beyond compliance and anything nicey-nicey. We should be about authentic. If you cannot bring your authentic and complete self to the table, then we haven't cleared enough seats. We haven't done our work effectively. If you cannot be in this K-12 journey, pre-K-12 journey with us and leave here with this girded foundation that you know your voice matters, that you know you are capable of achieving great things with appropriate work ethic and persistence, we haven't done our job. If you don't believe your voice has meaning when no one else agrees with you in an appropriate way that you can express yourself and through that make drive change, because we need these young people to drive change beyond here, right? This is not just you graduate from high school and we're glad we had a great experience. Sure. We need them to drive the change that this community and society and world need to continue to progress and move forward. Well, you know, and it's interesting because you're, you're really going down to what I wanted to ask you. And I'd love to ask you 10 more questions, but we always try to keep these fairly short. So I'm going to ask you one more, Rose, than that is. So, you know, as you pick up and continue the work that's already been embedded in the school corporation and take us to, to even stronger levels. What does success look like? Paint a picture for me a year, two, three, five years down the road. How will you gauge, are we making success in the world of diversity, equity, and inclusion? So some of the obvious is the, I, I truly believe in the uh, registration, um, course selection, who is sitting in which of our classes, and how accessible are all classes to all students isn't obvious, right? So when I was at, at Higley High School, I tripled our AP program in two years because, not because I'm amazing and I, I did some big AP, I talked to students individual, individually, hundreds of conversations, but individually about what college readiness looks like and no one had ever told them. And I also talked to them and worked to ensure that they understood they were capable of doing advanced curriculum with the pro supports we are responsible for, for providing, right? And what success in that look like. So it would, our classrooms will look differently if I'm doing my position effectively, if we have all bought in. Our conversations will look different, right? Between two of us and in large groups. And they will be conversations that give pause. Like, well, have we thought about how this policy, this process, this protocol impacts all of our learners in all different groups, not, well, for most people, this seems to work. So then we need the other 20% just to adapt and adjust. That's not inclusion, right? We will hear voices of more students. Like I said, we'll move beyond compliance. Compliance is traditional age old 
stereotypical education. If you check in the boxes, absolutely. If you can sit quiet in the seat for 52 minutes and you must be a great student. No, it's, we will see students involved and engaged and curious and asking hard questions. And we will see educators willing to say, you know, I really don't know, but I'm willing to check it out. And we'll see educators having far more aha moments where they're realizing, you know, maybe I should approach that differently. We will see more culturally relevant practices in every classroom, like the lessons that we're teaching, the books and excerpts we're reading, more than just, oh, we covered everybody in the genre. We will cover and we will utilize authors and creators and scientists that reflect all of our students, right, at the highest level. And students will think it's the norm. When students believe it's the norm, that all people are successful, that all people can be brilliant, that all people can achieve tremendous things, regardless, they're not like, well, you know, this person or that group, then we are achieving. We will not ever achieve to 100% because we can't ever, we can't ever be um, satisfied in this work. I would not be an educator if I thought we were going to hit home run and be done. I, there's not. There's too much work to do, and there's new people coming in all the time, right, with additional needs, we need to come up with strategies that are, we need to come up with strategies to meet that learner's need. It will always be shifting and we need to provide the constancy that moves the entire group forward to their highest potential. That's the other thing. We cannot teach the middle and we cannot segregate the high group and the group that's an IEP group. We will be doing every single student here. Our very, we will give them our very best product and they will be maximizing their potential. That's our goal, maximizing their potential and shifting their mentality where they believe the norm is that every single person is successful and that we're willing to take time to determine what that looks like. Dr. Smith, I think that kind of uh, paints a pretty good picture. <laughs> Any final yeah, thoughts from you in terms of just your overall vision as a superintendent, knowing that, you know, the work that is ahead of Rosen and, and as we move forward as a corporation? Well, I'm excited about the road ahead. I also know that it also will have its challenges, but you know, it's it's our responsibility to face those challenges head on and not duck those challenges. Um, you know, we have said many, many times that we are an open enrollment school district and we embrace that. We also have to make certain that each and every child has access to opportunities regardless. We don't all start off at the same place but I don't care where you start. Mm -hmm. That just means that we have to provide different supports for each unique child's need. Uh, and I, I just say, I, I, I think one of the challenges that everyone has is to see other individuals beyond their own life experiences, because I think it's so easy for us to assume that everyone was brought up as you were brought up, because that's the experience you know, and then we just assume that those are the experiences that everyone has. And while that sounds, I guess, superficial on one hand, when you really do peel it back, I think that's how we respond far too many times. So I want to make certain that we look at it through the lens of our customer, the students, as well as our families. And there has never been a parent that I've met that doesn't want the best Amen. for their child. Absolutely. So put yourselves in the place of the parent of each and every child that we are blessed to serve. And what is it that they would like to see? We have the capability to be that phenomenal school system. I think we're very good. And I know each and every day we strive to get better. 
And I think people will look back 10, 15, 20 years from now and say, that was a day where EVSC made another tremendous leap forward in serving the needs of each and every student. And only then can our community reach the promise that we all hold dear. I think that makes perfect sense. Um, Rosen, thank you for taking the time to join us today. We congratulate you on your new position. We welcome you to Evansville and to the EVSC. And certainly all of us are looking forward to a great experience and to the work ahead. Whether it's challenging or not, we're, we're ready to take it on, and we're glad you're going to be part of the journey. Well, thank you. I'm extremely excited to be here and grateful for this opportunity. I wanted to I wanted to go somewhere that would be challenging, that would stretch my my professional capacity and really take me to the next level in terms of what I have to contribute. And I thought this was a tremendous fit. I'm extremely excited and I feel blessed to be part of the EVSC. Great. Thanks As we it. do too. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Rosen Hood, Dr. Smith, thanks for joining us. Uh, we look forward to further conversations in this arena. You bet. All right. Thank you. Thanks.